0: Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well, wherever you may be. Today we hear from Nucleus Media Rights executives Bruno Zarker, Alan Rudolph and Isabel Petzu about the fledgling London-based studio's first projects and plans for global growth. And Keshet Tresor, Fiction Director of Programming, Christina Christ, about the company's ambitions in the booming German drama market. Approaching its second anniversary, fledgling global studio Nucleus Media Rights recently appointed Reinvent Studios exec Isabel Petchu to head up its drama slate as it expands further into the genre and builds on progress it's already made in both scripted and kids and family entertainment. Chief Executive Bruno Zarka, Senior Vice President of Distribution, Acquisition and Co-Production, Alan Rudolph, and Petru spoke to Michael Pickard about how the London-based company has grown over the past two years and its ambitions of being home to new talent and IP as it builds into a multi-layered international player.
1: So I'm Bruno Zarka, I'm the founder and the CEO of Nucleus Media Rights. I'm used to be what people say is a veteran in this industry, started 25 years ago. So Nucleus is a, is a venue. An adventure was a wish, started officially in August 19 uh, as an incorporation date. We are incorporated in London. I believe I was tired to be a mercenary in this industry, and I wanted to, to have my suitcase in, a, in one place. Where I would be able to to do the things I like to do, then uh, the name itself, nucleus media rights, came from the idea to to consider the company as both a home uh, for talents, for friends that I like to work with, and also to have satellites gravitating around in order to expand. So
2: I'm Alan Rudolph, and senior VP distribution, acquisitions, and co-productions, and I've known Bruno for about maybe fifteen more years, and when I was doing acquisitions at Fremantle. And one of the things that so far has stood me in good stead in television and the film industry is the strength of the relationships you have at whatever level over many years. And so it's very gratifying to be invited by Bruno to join Nucleus, not quite at the outset, but almost at the outset. So I'm a a veteran in the business in the sense that Bruno described, but also something of a veteran at Nucleus in the sort of past 18 months. And very quickly, I've done acquisitions and sales with companies like Universal, Fremantle, Sony Pictures. I've worked and owned independent sales agents, companies across kids, family, TV and film, and had some production credits most recently as an executive producer of Cannon Busters with Netflix as one of their original anime series.
3: So I am Isabel Péchou and I just joined Nucleus Media Rights as a VP of Creative and Development for Dramas. My background include, uh, for the last 20 years, acquisition uh, for French pubcaster, France Television, and also um, I I moved to Denmark where I've been a co-production manager and creative producer on several projects uh, for Trust Nordisk and for recently Reinvent Studios. And what I'm really interested in uh, is uh, no matter the country, no matter the storytelling, is to meet the people, the talent, and hear the stories.
4: Um, Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, Bruno, do you want to just give us a a brief introduction to the company? You mentioned that you started in, in August 2019. So just tell us a bit about um, the ambition behind uh, you know behind the company and and what you've been working on up to now.
1: Yeah, so when I founded Nucleus with an investor, actually Mr. Mohan, with driving investment funds, we had the vision to create a studio where we could develop both children and family programs and dramas. Uh, at the same time. And with two very defined angles. First of all, the talents. So uh, Nucleus has been working to discuss and to manage to get very high-profile talents immediately on our shows and at the same time to develop the stories which we were thinking were making sense. First of all, the company has a global, let's say, vision and then each division has been adapting this statement to the kind of shows which has a profile and the, the ambition of each shows. So uh, on the drama side, we we decided to to focus on on two main pillars. First one is contemporary crime or thrillers, where we started and we've been very very uh, blessed to start with Brendan Foley, our first show, and it was an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing journey. And on the other pillar, we decided to develop uh, some uh, IP fantasy, where based upon books or based upon very uh, UK-centric development. So that's what nucleus is really defined. There, we create, we develop, and we produce our shows, originals, most of them, and some of them are inspired by books or from books adaptation. And this is where we are
4: yeah and you mentioned obviously you you, on one side you do family kind of kids stuff and do drama and and obviously with the recent appointment of of isabel to the team to oversee the drama side of the business can you tell us a bit about why you've decided now to dig further into drama and and um, i guess bringing isabel on board how are you going to work together to um you know to push further into um, an already crowded field
1: everything starts with a story and i think the first story we wanted to discuss was when i met with brendan foley right after the creation of the studio and we decided to to start the first drama together which is called Body of Water and I'd say we've been, I don't know if we've been lucky or it's because we were walking in the right direction, but we we presented the, the show to C21, Content London, the last one physical. It seems like such a long time ago. And uh, and the show has been taken immediately by ZDF Enterprise. And we started the development uh, under the umbrella, which was uh, something pretty unique. Then we, we decided to focus, first of all, on the show because that was very important. And we, we used that development. Development, to build really our vision in the crime. Then we decided to expand with Brendan uh, this vision and we started to create another crime series called Buried. And I would say one by one, we've, we've been developing this vision in a more intense way. So,
4: so then, Isabel, what was it um, about you know the experience that you've had in drama that meant you wanted to come to the company and, and develop slate that, uh, that Bruno is overseeing already?
3: What was uh, I found thrilling, actually, is the fact that uh, they were first crime dramas, which is uh, from far, far my favorite uh, stuff to work on, but uh, thrilling and very unique stories. But what was super interesting is that it was anchored in our everyday life, our reality. Today, and especially these weird times we're getting through, um, small screen is, uh, has never been so important in our everyday life. So, of course, people need to be entertained. But we wanted to make it in a way that it looks and feels like it's something you could uh, discover and read in your newspaper or watch on, on TV in the in the news. So the, the crime drama that uh, Bruno just described, Body of, of Water, it starts with corpse found in the Thames and in uh, Venice canals. So it's something you could read in the newspaper. And then the way the characters are designed, feels very um, real I mean coming from um, the last years from a Scandinavian background where you found a lot of dysfunctional characters I mean today uh, we want to go not into this this, I mean the keyword is not dysfunctional but more complex and multi-layered because people they don't need to be dysfunctional all the time but what is true is and especially today people are struggling on a daily basis with everything that uh, surrounds them Um, the life that job the love situation their own family so uh, that's what we want um, characters and story anchored in uh, in uh, a very uh, real surrounding and um, and we have also an eco thriller that will uh, we will uh, be launching soon beasts of eden you can call it eco thriller with a twist but it's really again it's something you could reading the news, but I mean, it's um, how to push the frontier with reality, but always with a, a realistic angle. Yeah. A very human preoccupation issues. And that's why we want to rely on at Nucleus. Uh, because we want to shape dramas that people really feel they have a, an intimate connection with. And it starts with the characters and, of course, a thrilling story.
2: On an equally a practical level, when we started Nucleus, we realised this was before the pandemic. And we realised we'd have to use quite a lot of our own development money, not only on buying IP and identifying properties but also uh, in investing in a structure, in a team to bring to fruition these properties. You know, No matter how good a property is, we do have to show that being a startup company, although each of us are quite well known in our own areas, we have to show that we're investing in the reality of the business, which is being able to produce bibles, decks, being able to go to meetings, being able to spend time uh, with the writers and the creative talent and finding studios and partners and one person can't do that. So I think it's very much uh, a kind of centralized team effort, which is hopefully beginning to repay itself. Dealing with this little creative talent, it couldn't just be Bruno or me all the time. We realized we had to broaden our offering to our partners. So I think what we found gratifying is that we can work very closely with showrunners and with creators. It's not just where do we sign fine, goodbye, um, because they know there's a subjective element to how they like to work with companies. Do they respect them? Do they like them? Do they feel they're being nurtured and developed? That sounds on puts, but that's what we really tried to do at a time when the tendency might be, particularly with pandemic, to just try and fast track one or two properties. But we've still kept our width of programming, which I hope turns out to be a good strategy, so that when we're talking to, to platforms and broadcasters in particular, having listened carefully. To what they're looking for and not looking for we may well have something which is 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 a possible investment and pick up from them so it, it having Isabel on board with that sort of forensic analysis of properties talking the language that the showrunners do and investing them in confidence with us i think alongside sonam on our kids and family side has given us uh, I think the whip, which hopefully in year two, this year, sort of 12 months on, will see us being able to harvest a lot of the fruits of the seeds that we've been planting expensively with all the challenges in the first year.
4: And I guess, um, you know, it's obviously been a, a tough year for everyone, but considering you've only just started in, you know, the business and you're, you're hitting the ground, um, running hopefully, but in the midst of a pandemic, I mean, how have you all been developing new projects? Because uh, I guess the word rights is in the name, so that would suggest, you know, you're obviously equally keen to um, hold on to, you know, pick up IP and, and acquire products to develop, but also you're equally keen to keep hold of the rights as you build those deals.
1: There are plenty of good stories, but there are very, very few good storytellers, writers of the story. And it all started for me as a journey to find the right storytellers for, or writers for the story. And this is what we did. And we initiated with Brendan and Fale starting with <laughs> the first show. And then naturally building the relationship with the, the, the lead talents was essential for the company. And that's how we build it. So we started with original stories at the beginning. And then we expanded this and we we and we handed our development there with two high More in the fantasy world because we wanted to explore the fantasy. The first one was King Fontaine, which is written by Jeff Wheeler. It's a multi million book sold around the world and one of the top 10, according to the New York Times, I think, bestseller. And, uh, And we've been able to attach Morgan Jendel, known for Star Trek Next Generation, The 100, or The Dresden Files as a showrunner. And there we experiment another way to work because we're working with an American showrunner. And that's also a fantastic. Learning curve for the company based upon an American originated IP. And the second experience we tented there is a show which is we built, we based it on the Indian mythology, which is called Kishkinda, which is a fantastic story. Actually, we bring it in contemporary world, but very ancient and based upon uh, some ancient books, very ancient books from the Indian culture. And there we, we decided to treat the drama in an anime style, animation style. And thanks to this post I think we started to really cover what we wanted to initiate. So yes, we've been busy, we've been developing, and at each show, we attached all the time some fantastic talents.
3: As you can see, we are a small team, uh, which is actually fantastic to to discuss and make quick decisions. And uh, I really feel lucky. Well, for now, because we are very much aligned when we discuss projects with Alan and Bruno. So uh, it's very easy to make decisions and to move forward. And what is also really exciting is that all the the talents we talk to who come with a project that are just at the beginning or a bit more advanced, they can feel it. So uh, we have um, a great relationship so far with the the talents we talk to and they really feel they are understood. And if not, we, we discuss and keep discussing so that they feel comfortable and they feel that we are all aligned and that we share a vision because then they feel in trust and that's also what makes them choose us instead of other studios because they feel that we're going to respect and, uh, and protect their, their vision and um, that's also very important because this day we have a lot of commissioners but the risk is there and becomes greater so uh, that's why we, we bring to the ideas of those talent the, the right ingredients that make them commissionable in a sense. And then we protect that. And that's super important.
2: We try to be very focused because we know it's risky having a startup in the event the pandemic hasn't made our job easier. So as Isabel says, investing in writers and getting back to them often if they're in different time zones late at night so they can see we really do follow things up. And it's not just the odd sporadic contact every so often. We talk to them as, as often as we feel collectively it's productive to do so. Similarly, I think we've tried with all the new buyers out there, the new investors, the platforms, that landscape, as we all know, has changed or or grown considerably. So in some ways, it's actually a very fortuitous time for us to be coming onto the market because there's more production money than ever, ever before. And as we know, there's so much uh, investment potential from the streamers, but I think the quality bar is far higher. So it's not just sort of opportunities for anyone who's got a project in their back pocket. It's the qualifications, I think, that are needed in terms of the integrity of the company, their production credibility, and of course, primarily the property are ever higher
4: and and as we hopefully come out you know start to come out of the, of the pandemic now and and business you know, reverts to some sort of normality. I mean, we mentioned there are lots of commissioners now that, you know, the expectation of quality has, has also risen with that. Where are the opportunities now for you? And and what are the challenges that you foresee facing you in a, in a global market that maybe will be a bit smaller than had been, you know, previous to the pandemic? Well, I, I suppose,
2: you know, there's there's not quite a finite number, but the, of the big portals to that massive audience, there aren't a thousand, which is good. We, we, we couldn't deal with that. What we have seen, obviously, in the pandemic is that, subs are up massively, you know, with Disney sort of hot on the heels, with Netflix, with HBO Max, with everyone um, having a digital platform. So we think the challenge for us is actually getting known, getting understood in a very short space of time for people who are worth listening to, it's worth taking a meeting with. And we found that our our work and determination over the past few months is bearing fruit. We are getting the meetings, the meetings are informative, they're two-way, there's real dialogue. So that's our challenge to convert more of the properties into develop properties into commission properties and that I know will encourage yeah. other <clears throat> parties to take us seriously.
1: I think also to add what Helen says we're shaping our development intensively and we, we're very sharp into this so we, we're very selective and we go present a show to a network where really it has all the ingredients to deliver a perfect meal from the structure of the story the, the outlines the different assets but also on the credits line and at the same time engaging but aggressive budget because also uh the time comes where we have more uh, players in this industry but also the budget because the crisis is just in front of us and that's going to be I believe a very strong financial crisis or, uh, in, in, which is coming up and that crisis will will also define a way to produce differently to be with the money you spend and it's essential so what we're trying to do every day is to get all those elements together plus of course a beautiful Package, which is the deck. So in every little detail, I would say my job as a CEO of the company, helped massively by Isabel, by Sonam, by Alan, and all the team, is to find the perfect talent to bring what we want to bring.
0: Bruno Zarka, Alan Rudolph, and Isabel Petchu from Nucleus Media Rights, speaking with Michael Picard. In 2017, Keshet International bought German factual and formats producer Trezor, and a year later, former Bavaria fiction exec Christina Kreis Christ came on board to launch new scripted label Keshet Tresor Fiction. With its first commission, a remake of an Israeli dark comedy launching on TV Now Before Christmas and recently on Vox, Kreis spoke to Michael Picard about the company's ambitions and strategy in the booming German drama market how it's dealt with the challenges of the pandemic and the making of debut series, You Don't Die Among Friends.
5: So um, I'm Christina. I'm heading uh, the German fiction office for Cochette. And we've been on the market for two and a half years now. Doesn't sound too long, but feels actually quite a bit, but uh, just in the best way possible. We've been through a lot. I mean, of course, COVID happened, but we've been also able to, to put up a lot of great projects. Um, I was able to put a tremendous team together. I have really amazing colleagues and... And we are really passionate about what we are doing and we are super happy on what point we are now um, looking back to our project we, we've been shooting last year but also looking into new projects that are coming up.
4: People will probably be aware of Trezor as a, a factual and you know, unscripted producer in Germany you know going back to the early 90s and Keshet bought the company in 2017 and and then I guess as you say a, t- a couple of years ago you then came in to, to build Keshet Trezor Fiction which is this new fiction uh, label within the company so I mean, just tell us a bit about that, uh, your move from Bavaria Fiction to join and set up this new team. And I guess, how have you found developing new ideas within the company over the last couple of years?
5: I mean, I've been working for uh, Bavaria for like seven years. So, quite a while there, I had a great time. I'm still in touch with my lovely colleagues, but I felt really honored to have the chance to really build up something new. And I have to say that my colleagues from Cash International are really giving us uh, all the freedom that we want to, to build up our own vision for Cash. At Trisor Fiction Germany and giving us uh, nothing but support. So what I felt is that we wanted to create something really fresh for the German market. We are a fresh team. We want to build up uh, projects that are super modern, cooler and somehow pitchy. I don't know if you say that, but um, I think you, you you know what I mean. And we always wanted to, to put some different angles on the projects that are developed here compared to maybe other production companies that usually go from the slot a certain program is developed for, for a broadcaster or a streamer or whatever. But we always wanted to to put ideas first and uh, wanted to be passionate about the idea that we are developing and uh, then see what partner we are producing this for or to what partner we could we could sell it to. So that turned out to be quite a good way because it gives a lot of freedom for our projects to give them a bit uh, of a fresher and, and uh, newer feel.
4: Tell us a bit about, I guess, just the landscape of, of the industry Industry in Germany over the last couple of years obviously Netflix and, and other streaming platforms have come into the country so there's been a lot more opportunity for you to sell projects and and to set up a company within that it must have been quite exciting you know considering the, the number of buyers you could speak to so um, I mean just tell us a bit about how the landscape has opened up a bit for you and, and maybe where you see those opportunities.
5: Yeah absolutely I mean yeah things have opened up here in Germany in the past uh, couple of years all these streamers have built their their branches but also the traditional broadcast are now commissioning even more and also maybe with a bit of a modern or younger approach to their to their project. So things that have opened up in terms of how many partners there are you can you can sell projects to, but also in the way you set up your, your stories and how free you are with developing projects that are maybe different to other projects that have been in Germany before.
4: Right. And, and I guess just on, on that, I mean, how are you looking to develop new projects? Um, have you got obviously a, a roster of established writers? Or are you looking to work with new talent? Where are you getting those ideas from and then how are you kind of shepherding them through the production process?
5: We always wanted to build a real home for for creative talent. Uh, we always wanted to be, I mean, being new on the market, we really had the chance to build up something from, from scratch and to really give our partners a new feel about working together. We wanted to build the best platform to, to give the most creative freedom that one can have for setting up a project. So we're super happy that we were able to really win some of the most interesting German writers or directors to work with us. We set up a really, really fun stuff. And I'm so excited um, when there's a point that I can uh, tell you more about our um, new projects that are coming up. And maybe it's interesting that we are developing about 50% adaptions and 50% of own ideas. I mean, you know that um, having the KI catalog is such a perfect thing and such a perfect start. And I really love the broad spectrum of projects. That the catalog really, really offers, and uh, that's kind of a playground for us um, for setting up ideas. And then the, and, uh, on the other hand, we are just seeing what really uh, drives us, what we really want to do besides the KI projects. And uh, we really came with some great projects.
4: Is there, are there certain things you look for when you're you're looking for projects to bring to Germany that obviously have an Israeli or, or international background and and are adaptations, um, I guess, tricky in certain regards in Germany?
5: I think it's a it's really a great gift to be able to look at projects um, from the KI catalogue because it always gives you a new angle on projects different to when we would have uh, developed some projects from scratch. So, like I've said, it's really like a playground uh, and it feels amazing. And I love the broad spectrum of the catalogue. Um, we have a lot of also comedy stories, which always really work very well in Germany. And I have to say that just before I actually actually started working for Kachette, I, I already saw Stockholm, a project that we will get into detail about a bit later. And I instantly fell in love and I knew that this had to be one of our first projects. And I thought that this could be perfect also for Germany because the humor, I love that the Israeli humor is sometimes really, really dark and um, very intelligent. And I thought that uh, Stockholm just gives the perfect setup for a German project. I have to say that we also didn't change a lot here in terms of structure. Structure. The project really was set up so perfectly well for our market that we took it from there and um, had the time to to even put more effort into dialogues. And I'm, I'm super proud how how all this turned out. So that's for Stockholm, but also for all the other projects in the catalog. It's always really about what catches our heart. We are super individual on what projects we are picking for our market. And it might be interesting that it's not always the same projects that also my colleagues in the US or UK are um, finding interesting for their markets. It's really a different angle on how you look at things. And sometimes it's not even the most famous project that are coming out of Israel that um, are catching my eye. It's sometimes really about the story and a certain thing that's just really special or fun or whatever. So, for example, there's there's one project that we are developing uh, right now. It's called Messiah. It's been some kind of web series uh, in Israel, and my Israeli colleagues uh, were totally certain that this is so Israeli that it's not working as an adaptation at all but uh, I thought that the pitch was just so hilarious that uh, I thought we had to to find a way to to tell that story in Germany and now we are already quite far in developing our um, scripts and hopefully we will start pre-production for this project too.
4: Right and so that, that's been commissioned has it already or are you pitching it at the moment?
5: We are in development with a broadcaster slash streamer so um, I'm, I'm hoping that I I can tell you more about that soon. Fingers crossed.
4: I guess that brings me to the, I guess the question that we're asking everyone at the moment is just how have you been able to kind of continue working then over over the past year? What what have been, you know, the challenges that you face specifically in, in developing and, and getting shows into into production while obviously around the world we've had to do with lockdowns and, and shows put on hold?
5: Yeah, it, it was a right for everyone in the industry, <laughs> wasn't it? But um, actually um, it turned out to be a really good year for us in the end. We were at a point when COVID came up that we were just about to start producing um, You Don't Die Among Friends. We were like two weeks before shooting. We had to stop. We had to postpone the shooting. We had to put up a security plan for, for being able to shoot again. And I'm super happy that we could finish and complete the project and even hold our initial TX date, which was just before Christmas. But yeah, it was wild. And I still feel a bit dizzy thinking about the last year. And we had so much much luck also that our um, lead actors which are um, some of the most famous actors in, in in germany did hold their time for us um, make, make like put everything aside to still be able to to shoot that project so good thing that this turned out well but on the other hand of course we put a lot of effort in in developing new projects we really wanted to push our slate and i'm super happy that also this turned out quite well and i'm proud to say that we are now in development with almost every broadcaster or streamer on the on the German market.
4: And so, yeah, let's talk about You Don't Die Among Friends. You mentioned obviously earlier it's an adaptation of, of Stockholm, an Israeli black comedy. Yeah. I mean, just tell us a bit about the story and and why did you feel that, you know, when you saw, you know, the scripts or the, or the first, uh, the Israeli version, why did you think, you know, that could be something that would work in Germany?
5: So, You Don't Die Among Friends is, as you already said, based on a uh, Stockholm created by the amazing Noah Yedlin. And I think it's just a really beautiful homage to friendship and it's working for for actually all ages although our main cast is 60 plus and um, the story is about five friends that have known each other forever <laughs> one of them um, is found dead uh, one morning um herman and the friends find out that herman was supposed to win the nobel prize in just five days time so they try to do everything to give him a chance to still uh, win the prize he's ever dreamed of and of course things get crazy and uh, unexpected and um, you have to watch it to see if they will manage it uh, over the five days and if he's going to win the prize.
4: And, and what was it about that show that you thought would work for the German market and, and did you have to do a lot of development to, to change aspects of the story or the characters mm-hmm. even?
5: I think the the original was so perfect in every way that we really had to change a lot. I mean the structure was just beautiful every episode um, is named after one of our four characters. We learn a lot about their special needs and also their backstory on why they want Herman to, to win the prize because it's always not only about Herman, of course. And I thought that the, the humor that is used in, in Stockholm is also just perfect for, for Germany. It's really dark. It's super hilarious sometimes, but also very emotional. And what also really attracted me was that uh, Noah gadlin told me that she was able to win the top actors in Israel for her project. So I thought, OK, if they can do it in Israel, we can do it in Germany as well and we always had we really always had the actors that we got for, for the project in mind um, from the first day on and we felt so honoured that they all got the idea that we have behind this this whole project and everyone kind of fell in love with that instantly which was a great drive and helped us a lot to complete that project and sell it. It's quite funny because actually the project got sold, I mean or we got the interest in, in Stockholm just two weeks after we started our German office and we got the development deal for Stockholm You Don't Die Among Friends on our uh, half year's birthday, kind of. So that was quite quick and it helped us um, setting up the project as our first
4: one. Sounds like you had a, a tricky filming period in last year. I mean, what was that like to film the show during the pandemic and and still have to deliver it quite quickly? You know, to, to air on on TV now before Christmas.
5: Um, I must say that the the shooting period wasn't wasn't even the thing. Um, when you when you got into your everyday routine with all the testing and all that, it, it worked out really well. And we had an ama- amazing director, uh, Felix Steins, who who really did it did a great job also keeping things easy and then uh, being not too uh, distracted by, by the whole COVID thing but i think that we had to postpone the shooting and to set up that whole security concept to see what new date could work for the shooting how how we we will work out the the extra costs and all that i think all that was quite crazy in advance that was the the the, the main thing the main work that really caused problems us last year but it's it's already a, a big thing shooting a first project for a new company but then getting covid on top which made it even crazier but all good worked out well and i had a great team so things were um, manageable
4: yeah, that's great and then it's obviously on vox in march so um people will get to see it there as well um i mean what, what can you just tell us about that show and, and maybe does it point you know where the company might want to look for future productions are, are you going to kind of continue to mine i guess not only adaptations but in a in a creative sense you know those kind of comedy dramas and and you know what what can we say about treasure or fiction as as this as your starting project
5: um i think uh, you don't dying Well friends was just the perfect start for us because it showed what we really love we we are really into comedy project but also the combination of drama and comedy and also setting up a project with such a great package is something that really showed what we are able to set up so i'm i'm happy that this one this was our 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 first one but, but still because we are working on on any genre we have um, numerous number projects in in development now there will be great stuff to to come out so so So, we we really want to do projects that help us to create a real brand for Cash at Resort Germany. And it's not only um, adaptations that we are uh, working on, Um, the next projects that are about to be shot, hopefully are, uh, like I've said, 50-50 in terms of adaptations and original productions.
4: And, and you mentioned, obviously, packaging there. That's is something that's become, I guess, you know, a, quite a prominent feature of the industry over the last couple of years. I mean, how important do you think it is that when you pitch a series, you have a star, you have a big-name director, perhaps, attached to the project? Is that something you find is of increasing importance to get a project over the line?
5: It really depends on the project itself. I have the feeling that sometimes, yeah, yes, you do need a big star, um, especially if the project is a bit more different than maybe other projects that has been in the German market. And of course, packaging with, with a star and a great director always helps. But there are also other projects that we are developing that uh, are mostly about the really great story and not that much about the, the actors or the directors that are attached. It's really telling unique stories that is also a big thing. And I'm happy that it's it's both. You know that we can develop projects that are not attached with a star but but do shine for for themselves as being just the unique stories they are and on the other hand projects that are just perfect in a great package
4: and just you know what um can you tell us about i guess the next 12 months um for treasure fiction how many projects are you kind of hoping to work on or, or get into production and i mean and just how do you see the industry kind of coming out of this uh you know turbulent period that we've all experienced
5: i think uh talking about that turbulence term- period, we, we all have learned to to find our ways on, on working, although COVID is, is going to exist uh, even a bit longer than we, we initially thought it would. Um, so I think things are getting back in line somehow um, and everyone is putting up productions and shooting as well. There are so many projects uh, being shot this year in Germany. It's really, it's really crazy uh, and good, of course. So that's the one thing. And um, talking about us... Uh, we have great uh, projects in development and we'll be hopefully able to shoot not only one this year. And we also have stuff in line for next year. And uh, it's we have very unique stories all over um, different genres. And um, there is great stuff to come.
0: Christina Christ from Keshet Treasure Fiction, speaking with Michael Picard. That's all we have time for in this episode, but there'll be more from the podcast next week. In the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.